bow your heads, please. Father, we stand before you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus, thanking you for what you're about to do in this place. We pray right now, Father, that your dear, sweet Holy Spirit will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. That same spirit should work in all of those who are under the sound of my voice this morning. Bless us, Father, right now with wisdom, with discernment, with understanding. We thank you ahead of time for the victories we are about to experience because of the power that is in your word. Please move me out of the way right now, Lord, that your perfect message can now go forward. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say it. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Unity Series. This is part four. And um, unity is such a beautiful thing. But it hasn't been seen in so long that it's kind of a strange subject to really talk about. But then again, we kind of like talking about unity. We just don't want to pay the price to have it. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Unity is something that has a price. How do we know? Jesus paid a price that he could bury the hostilities between the Gentiles and the Jews. Do you know who the Gentiles are? Yes, everybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile. So Jesus died that the hostility, that the wall of division between that group and us would be torn away. It would be destroyed. Therefore, creating unity. What does unity mean? On your little outline or bulletin, it says, Unity is not uniformity, but the blending of differences focused on one Lord, excuse me, focused on our one Lord, Jesus Christ. We may not be the same, but we have the same Lord and the same directives to follow him. Let's talk about salad for a minute. <laughs> you know, in a bowl of salad, you will have all kinds of ingredients. You may have onions and tomatoes and spinach and a new one today, kale. I don't know who in the right mind eats that stuff, but... But I'm just, you know, don't want to offend anybody, so I'll add kale into the salad bowl. But all these ingredients are in the salad. And what usually happens, depending on who you are, you have the ranch dressing people. Can I identify? Raise your hand if you're a ranch dressing person. Praise the Lord. See, ranch dressing has the ability to make everything taste like ranch dressing. So it doesn't matter what's in the bowl. Ranch dressing just makes everything taste like ranch dressing. So it's the ranch dressing we like, not so much the salad. It's the ranch dressing. The other part is, and my wife turned me on to this, is olive oil. Now, when you put olive oil in a salad, olive oil has the ability to enhance all the different flavors in the salad bowl. So you get the zest of, you know, like the garlic and all of those kind of things by using olive oil. Most churches like 
ranch dressing. <laughs> Why? See, because we don't want difference. We want everybody to be the same. So we're a little afraid of differences. So we just want everybody to come in here and, and, and go through our little classes and make sure everybody's the exact same because we're actually afraid of different tastes. Are you hearing me today? Well, what happens is, is we're limiting ourselves to all of the different flavors and the zest of all of these different things because all of the ingredients come from the earth, just like all of us come from God. And we have different viewpoints or different insights into things, and it shouldn't cause fear. It should enhance the taste of church. So unity is these differences, these different people coming together and sharing their differences. Now, I grew up a little different than some of you, so I have a different viewpoint about some subjects than you do. But my difference doesn't, shouldn't make you afraid. It should add something to the spice of this salad we call church. So we have in the Bible the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All of them wrote about Jesus. But they all wrote from different viewpoints. Now, you don't pick your Bible up and go, I'm not reading Matthew. Because only like Luke's viewpoint. No, we read them all because they all enhance each other and give us this astounding, beautiful blend of an eyesight of who Jesus is to us. Listen, this is the concept of unity in the church. Now, what we've done is we've narrowed that. What did Martin Luther King say? Uh, Sundays between the hours of 11 and 1 are the most segregated hours in the world. Why? Because everybody got their own little ranch salad going on where they feel comfortable. Well, guess what? We're using olive oil here. We want to enhance all the differences because we have nothing to be afraid of. We came here because we have one Lord. We came here because we have one Holy Spirit. We came here because we have one family. And all these families together are not here to harm each other, but to bring harmony to each other so we can let the world know that what God's plan was is true and real. But hear me, this kind of transition takes a little work, doesn't it? Huh? So let's have some fun today. We're going to go to a verse that I was supposed to take care of last week, but I never got to it. So we're going to try to get it today. Are you ready to have some fun? I don't believe you. Are you ready to have some fun? Praise the Lord. Let's do this. First Corinthians chapter 12, and this is in the message translation, and uh, it reads as follows. You can easily see, excuse me, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, but no matter, excuse me, limbs, oils, and organs, and cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all say goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large 
an integrated salad, I mean life, in which he has the final say in everything. So hear me. We joined the body of Christ. We said, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. So we go from this individual kind of thing into this unity, into this big, multicultured, socioeconomic pot. We all enter into it. Now, why does God want it this way? Let me take you back to Genesis. When God created the earth, he created it for us. So on one of the last days, he decided to make... Adam. So, Adam is the first man on the planet Earth. I need you to get this this morning. Adam is the first man on the planet Earth. Adam is the first man on the planet Earth. It didn't say Jesus or God created a second Garden of Eden or a third one to create different people. He created one man named Adam. Then Adam found, by all the animals, he couldn't find anything that was acceptable to him. So God created one woman and named her Eve. So from these two people comes all of us. Because there wasn't a second Garden of Eden that black people were born in. There wasn't a second Garden of Eden that brown people were born in. There wasn't a second Garden of Eden that Italians were born in. There was only one. I hope you all hear me today. So there's unity in the body of Adam and Eve. Because from those two comes everything you see today. Every different color, every hair texture, everything was in Adam and Eve. So God started with unity, so there would always be unity. So the differences shouldn't cause us to be different. The difference should cause us to be able to enhance each other, to enjoy each other. I'm going to tell you something. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're blessed because I'm here. And I'm definitely blessed because you're here. But hear me, because I have, you know, I come from a different kind of avenue or a different kind of situation. So we shouldn't be afraid of that. It should be something that really meshes together and we appreciate that. Does this make sense to you? See, what Satan was been able to do is he went into the body of Christ and just tore it to pieces. So now you hear people say, oh, that's the black church across town. Or that's the white church across town. Church is us. So how in the heck are you going to have a us over there and then a us over there? This is us. So we have to learn how to appreciate our differences. There was a movie uh, called Vantage Point. Anybody ever remember seeing the movie? I loved that movie. Why? Because it gave all of these people a different vantage point of an event that took place. Something happened on this stage and there was about six or seven people who all seen it from different vantage points. So they took the time to show us all the different vantage points, but then in the end they showed how these people all interacted with each other. This is us. Is this making sense to anybody this morning? Are you sure? Let me read on. It says, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in the word and action when we were, wait a minute. So when you got baptized, you just didn't get wet. 
you made a real confession. You made a real commitment to tell God that, listen, this is no longer about me. It's about you. And if I know you, God, you want unity. Let me go on. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now, when? A part of his resurrection body. Refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. Let me tell you something real about this. Are you ready? You cannot do this unless you're led of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to be led of the Holy Spirit to do this. See, because it is the Holy Spirit's duty. It's his job. It's why he was created to come and make sure that we were one. So you'll have to be led of the Holy Spirit. You'll have to be led of God. When you are led, then you're going to have to surrender to the leading that leads us into this uniformity, this discomfort, this unity. Are y'all hearing me today? I need us to, to understand. See, Satan wants us to be separated because then the body of Christ has no voice. It has no power. It doesn't. Think about it. Now, how, when I go to somebody, what am I telling them? Hey, I want you to come join my church. You're not telling them to come join 1450 Han Avenue because they can't join the building. You're saying, come join me. Come be a part of us. And they say, well, you know, I, 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 I grew up a Baptist. And we, oh, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> Where I grew up Catholic. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. No, it's not when we stop trying to make those unimportant things important. I don't care if you're Lutheran or Episcopalian or uh, I, I don't care what you call yourself. We only have one Lord. We only have one baptism. We only have one spirit. And one church. So we should be able to come here and worship God together. Well, I don't go there because they don't speak in tongues. Well, I don't go there because everybody speaks in tongues. <laughs> I mean, it's just a mess, right? So then how do you get somebody who is out there to come and want to join something, want to be a part of something? Let's, let's read on because this gets even better. Refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek or slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. I like this part. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like I. Limpid and expressive, 
I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? <laughs> if the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. This goes on and tells us about spiritual gifts, but right now it's talking about something pretty simple. Your human body to make sure that we have a chance to understand. Now, I don't know about you. Have you ever stubbed your toe? A part of your body you don't pay much attention to. I don't, I don't know the last time you put a little oil on it or some Vaseline or made it feel good. But you stubbed it. When you stubbed it, it lets you know I'm still here. I'm very important because what you just did hurt me. And now I'm going to send the message to your brain so your brain knows that I'm still here because it hurt me. Can I tell you something, brothers and sisters? When we excommunicate our brothers and sisters, when we hurt them, when we step on them, when we disregard them, when we disrespect them, God sends a message to us to let us know that is not how I created this body to be. This body has all kind of components in it. And I don't care who's hurting. We need to help that person. Oh, I don't help them because they come from so-and-so church. No, we help them because they are a part of the body. See, we have to get out of this. We have gotten so comfortable in our ranch dressing thinking. We have to stop this because it keeps us from really being what God has called us to be. One body. When the world sees the power of this one body and all of its differences and all of the tribes and nations working together for the glory of God, where do they go? They got to come here because there's nothing else out there. But that leaves this part to me and you. How do I get from this frightened, frozen place that I'm at and be willing to get in this pot with olive oil and actually smell the differences of the garlic and the onions and, and all of those things. How do I get myself from this place that, that I feel so comfortable in that I can come over here I need to tell you today, church was never meant for comfort. It was never meant for comfort. It was meant for change. This is where you come to change, not be comfortable. What we have done is created places of comfort where people can go and don't have to worry about hearing a message about change. They can come and go to church and never change. But that's not God's plan. His plan that all these things work together for his glory. Is this making sense to anybody this morning? Let's read on. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. You know, my church is better than so-and-so's church. If it's one body, I said, if it's one body, how did you get so significant? It'd be the same as your, your nose saying, listen, I'm more important than you eyes. So y'all go ahead and leave the face. 
because all I want to do is smell. I know this I, it may sound simple, but I need you to get this is where we are. This is where we are. And we need to stop this because this doesn't work. If a church is hurting, we go, I don't know if I want to help them because I don't know about their teaching. They may not be teaching the same way we do about this particular subject. Well, all you got to do is make sure they ain't teaching people to go to hell. If they're teaching people to go to heaven, we can help them. Now, them being with us may help them get a better view of what they need to do. But us leaving them over on the side of the road can never help them because we're not there. See, I'm not afraid of Muslims or Buddhists or idiots. I'm not afraid of them. Why? Because the word of God says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. So I don't care where they are now, all they are potential Christians. The world would like for us to believe that they're people who are unreachable. You were unreachable. I said you were unreachable. You know good and well you were unreachable. You couldn't wait to leave church when you turned 12 or 13. You couldn't wait to get out of there. And as soon as you did, you were gone. God knows where you were, what you were doing. I said, God knows. No, I said, God knows what you were doing. But you made a beeline out of church, ran as far as you could, did all manners of things that you could, and here you sit today. So don't be afraid. Listen, the word of God is true. This Bible is 100% true. We're one body. And this unity has to start with us. You know, how many churches do we have, say, in the city of Ormond? A bunch of churches. And we don't, we don't even talk to each other. We don't communicate. We don't do anything. Why? I said, why? Most of us don't even know why. But we don't. Don't help each other. Church needs something we don't know. No. Why? <laughs> I said, why? See, we don't even have an answer for, for real. We don't. So Satan has been effective at separating the body of Christ into a whole bunch of small little camps that are really insignificant. A church then, when it's in this kind of mindset, becomes a nose all by itself. It's not able to hear. How many of us know the Holy Spirit is real? I said the Holy Spirit is real. Some of us don't talk anything about the Holy Spirit or hear anything about the Holy Spirit because we went to a church one time and everybody in the church was slain by the Holy Spirit. We said we didn't want to be that way, so we cut the Holy Spirit off. I'm being real right now. No, the Holy Spirit is real. And we have to be led of the Holy Spirit. But because we had that experience, oh, no, I don't want no, no, no Holy Spirit for me. Or we see some crazy person on TV waving a jacket and people passing out in an auditorium. The Holy Spirit did not come to slay us. He come to teach us everything that Jesus had told us. That's what he came for, to guide us. But listen to me, I'm not going to be afraid. I went to a church the other day. 
and they have a different kind of thinking about things. But I'm there to help that pastor. What I want to help him do, I want to help him be able to do his job. I want to help his church grow, but I also want to be there for him so I can show him why I am there. My presence there already spoke to him that there must be something greater, something better that I would spend the time to come and spend time with him. Do y'all understand this? So because of that, he can now come to me like Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and ask questions. Hey, bro, what about, and I have the time to tell him why, because I made that first step. Is anybody hearing me today? Okay, let me go on because I want to make sure I get this finished. It says, for no matter how, how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. <laughs> God, man, I wish we could get this. There are monsters calling themselves churches. that are destructive to people, that are destroying people, that are breaking the hearts and minds of people. Why? Because they are not a ranch dressing person. I'm going to say this. Ready? Women can preach. <laughs> Women can talk. Women can guide. Women can lead. Now, there's some circles... Women can't do nothing. You can breathe, <laughs> but you better be careful doing that. God told me, this is what he told me. You ready? He said, there's no way, no way. He said, it's not biblically possible for an African-American to lead a majority Caucasian church. Oh, we don't have to know exactly who. But it was said. Now, how, how dumb is that? How dumb is that? But see, here's the thing I'm trying to get you to see. In our minds, we have this weird conception, this weird concept of who people are or where they come from. And they're, because they are different, they come from something different. We only come from Adam and Eve. There's only one God, one Lord, one baptism. We are all one people. We just have different viewpoints of the same thing. And you benefit from somebody else's viewpoint. Just like we benefit from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So don't be afraid to listen. So I remember telling that brother. No, I didn't really tell him. I just sent him an email. <laughs> and said, dear brother, I know this must have been an absolute fluke of nature. But last Tuesday, we had 315 people in service last week. I didn't get a response back yet. But I need us to get this. Because when you limit your thinking, you limit your involvement. When you limit your involvement, you begin to turn the church into a monster instead of what God planned it for it to be. Now, this is going to take some real work on our parts to really kind of fight through some stuff. Because right now, right now... It's about as divided and polarized as it could ever be in the church and outside the church. But the church is how God speaks to the world. Almost done. Y'all still with me? 
It says, can you imagine I telling hand, get lost? I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired. (laughs) Your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. I don't care how smart you are, you ain't going nowhere without your feet. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body, you are concerned with with it makes no difference. Whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower, you give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? (laughs) Boy, I, I love this thing, man. This is... The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt. And in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. It's important for us to get this. We're one church. Not just here, but worldwide. We're one body. God sees us that way. And then he sees the differences because he created them. But what does he want us to do? Hey, Let's fix this. Go hang, go hang out with your brother and listen to his point of view for a minute. Go hang out with your sister, listen to their point of view for a minute. You know, we grew up in a church where we sung hymns. I've been blessed to come here and be with Sister Shirley, our praise and worship leader. And I have no idea what hymns y'all were singing. I have no idea. Shirley will bring a song every week almost and say, this is a hymn that we sang when we was 10 and we sang when we was 13. And I'm going, I don't, I ain't never heard that song before in my life. (laughs) But it's a hymn. So do I stand up here and go, my voice can't sing that song. It expands me. It grows me. I get a chance to learn more hymns. Shirley is getting a chance to learn more hymns. Again, we we sang different songs. Why? Because we had different reasons. When we sang, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, growing up, you don't know what that song means to us. You have no idea. See, because everybody else would pass us up. Nobody else would pay attention to us. No one else would give us a right to do anything. We had no privileges. We couldn't drink from the same water fountain. We couldn't do anything. So when we were in church on Sunday, when we sang, pass me not, you don't know what that means to us. That was um, one of them kind of songs that would just tear the paint off the wall in church because of what it meant. 
because everybody else would pass us by, but we pray to God, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. Are y'all understanding this? So whenever I come and we sing that song, then she can get a feel of what my, as y'all would call it, soul. She get a feel for that because we're singing the same song, but from a different vantage point. So it's a blessing. Oh man, I hope y'all understand today. We need to get out of this ranch dressing salad bowl. We need to get involved with some olive oil. We need to visit other places. We need to connect ourselves, work with. We need to get out of here because this is the body of Christ. One more verse here real quick and I'm going to cut you off. Because y'all are making me talk longer than I want to. <laughs> Do everything. Readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted. A breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light giving message into the night. So I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. So our job is to go into the world. But what am I taking the world? I can't go to the world feeling the same way they do about subjects. I can't. I have to know how Christ feels about this. And then I give the people an option. So here's unity. Unity is me and this brother right here. He gave me a whole stack of CDs one time. Now, I'm not telling y'all to give me no CDs. Because, see, this is how it works with the pastor. You give me something, don't be looking for it to come back. Because, you know, I mean, I get so much stuff. I can't remember who gave me. I walked today. I got four things in my hand today. You ask me who gave them to me, I don't know. I don't know if there's a return thing on because you ain't getting them back. So... But the brother gave me some CDs of music that I normally didn't grow up listening to. But it was a blessing for me. Do you understand? It expanded me. I didn't have to take it home and I ain't listening to this stuff. No, it was beautiful. I need you to have that same mindset because we live in a very special time. The world needs us right now. They need us to show them what it's like to be one body, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. So my question to you, are you ready? Are you sure? Okay. Then this is what you need to do. Tuesdays, great, great time. Bring as many people as you possibly can to Tuesday church. Why? Because there's no threat on their church membership. There's no threat. I'm not trying to steal you from your church. We just having a midweek service on Tuesday. Now, what I want you to do is go talk to somebody that in your spirit already, you knew that you're supposed to say something to that person. They could be a neighbor. They could be somebody in your circle. You already know because God has been urging you, tapping you to say something to that person. I want you to leave here this week and go say something to that person. 
but I'm scared. You heard no before. But God wants you. He wants you. Why? Again, because this is no threat of, of somebody, you know, uh, sheep stealing or any of that kind of stuff they talk about. How are you going to steal sheep? That's crazy, man. This is God's body. But go tell somebody because this is the time. This would be the most perfect place. Not because I'm doing this on Tuesdays, but because the world needs to see that on a Tuesday, there are people from this generation that can lead the world still. We're not old. You haven't passed us by. We are still vibrant. We are still alive. And we're going to show you how to do this. We are the people who would have been more staunch than anybody else. But today, we're going to show you what happens when you let God have your heart, have your mind. So I want this place to be one of the most diverse places in all of Volusia County. I want it to be that way. Why? Because we're not afraid of each other. So in your neighborhood, on your street, if there aren't any diverse people or different cultures on your street, go to another neighborhood. I didn't say move. I just said go <laughs> to another. I need us to do something because if people can see it, then they can believe it. If they can experience it, they can believe it. So who do we leave this work to? Who are we waiting on to do this for us? God does it through us because this is his plan in the first place. Unity. That we learn to love each other, care for each other, lift each other up, respect each other. One body. Oh man, I'm telling you, you haven't heard songs until you could get a whole like choir of people up here from different cultural backgrounds. I'm going to say this. We were at a church in Seaside, California, and there was a Tongan congregation. They were from Tonga and they love Jesus. So they had a worship service at this church. We decided to go. We're at this service and it was the most mind-blowing thing I've ever experienced. They were in their cultural clothing. I didn't understand not one word they said. My wife and I cried the whole time because you knew the power of what they were singing about. You knew the power and the faith that was coming from these people. It was one of the most moving, powerful things I've ever experienced in church. And then when it was near the end, they had us stand up and they just embraced us in the middle of their service. They included us. I've never been to Tonga, but I'm ready to go right now. Do you understand? Can we do this? So that's your assignment for this week. Your homework? Spread the word. Spread the word. We, we want to fill this place up. We want to go to two services. Because people need it. So, but who can do this? You do. But it has to be fixed in you first. Okay, come on up, praise team. I didn't, when they asked me to do this job at Tuesday Church, I did not want to come. I did not want to come. I did not want to come because nobody looked like me. Yeah. Who ever heard of Tomoka? And, and, and most of y'all didn't clap on time. So 
See, you think that's shallow. That's how we think. That's how. But again, it, it was hard for me. It really was. I wanted something that I was comfortable with. I wanted something that I was familiar to. So I just said to Pastor Joe, no, brother, that's okay. I, we'll find, let's find somebody else to do this job. And then one night some lady stopped me in the hallway right there by the children's place and said, hey, I uh, understand you said you didn't want to do Tuesday church. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, did you pray about it? I said, why involve God in this? So we prayed, my wife and I. We prayed at home together. And God said, do it. Greatest thing that ever happened to us. Greatest thing that ever happened to us. I already know he's telling some of y'all right now to do it. He's telling some of y'all right now to go do it. And you've been afraid. You've been sitting on it. I'm telling you to go. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your family's life. And it's going to change the body of Christ. Let's do unity together.
praise the Lord. He will abide. Do you know Jesus? If you don't, there'll be some people down here that you can come and pray with today. Also, some people that you can come and lay your fears on today. If you're afraid about some of the stuff we talked about today, if you're afraid or need help in busting out of those restraints that seem to be holding you bound, we're breaking chains today. Chains of fear, chains of confusion, chains that hold you where God does not want you to be. So if you need prayer today, come and see one of these folks down here today. For my other brothers and sisters, we love you tremendously. This is a great week. It is an important time period. And the only ones who can change this thing is the body of Christ. Because this is how God speaks to the world. Don't wait. There is no one else coming behind us. This is it. We are it. But guess what? You were born for a time. See, you know what that verse says, don't you? You were born for a time such as this. You were. God knew you would be alive right now. And he anointed you and he placed you in this place at this time when all things seem like they're out of control and crazy because he knew in you was the power to make the change. And he knew one day you would run into some knucklehead pastor named Ben and he would call you out of your comfort zone and tell you it's time to go. So let's go. God bless you before I start preaching again.